special thanks today to Abby for being open and honest and vulnerable with our listeners in order to help your family identify what your perspective is going to be about dating and romance in the younger years. You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Each week, we encourage and equip moms for this worthy journey of motherhood. I'm Val Harrison, mom to seven and wife to rich for 28 years. We have three married children, two college students, a high schooler, a sixth grader, and two adorable grandsons. That all means the Lord definitely gets an earful of prayers every day from this mama regarding Team Harrison. It also means on this podcast, we talk about all ages and stages of motherhood. Mom, can I walk your journey with you a little each week? I'm going to share practical solutions, encouragement, and sometimes I'm going to tell you the hard things to motivate you to change, but it's all because I love you and I want victory for your family. Let's get started with more intentional right now. What you're about to hear was recorded a year ago with the intent of publishing it a year ago. But right after we recorded it, God began to show me some things. He showed me that there's a lot of controversy in our society because of the purity movement and people, including many parents who have had experiences that have left a lot of hurts in them. And then those hurts are impacting their parenting decisions about purity and romance and dating for their kids. So I realized from what God was showing me that I needed to take some time to pray and to research the topic and be sure that there weren't aspects of my perspective that needed to change before I share my perspective with the world. Now, you see, God has called me to minister to all of you mamas, not just the ones who have a similar life history as mine or who think just like me. I want to be able to encourage and equip effectively every one of you moms in your worthy journey of motherhood. And I understand after researching and praying for a year about this topic, I understand that you may not share my parenting philosophy that I'm about to give you, but I would ask that you at least spend time praying about what God's heart is on this topic for your child's heart and how to handle it with care and and for your family and what philosophy with all of this that he wants your family to take. All of our families are unique and what's what's best for your family is not necessarily what's best for mine. What's best for mine is not necessarily what's best for you. But I trust that he will lead you into the best options and perspectives for your family. And I can grow from you and your perspectives. I would love to hear from you. Tell me what you think about this topic. Let me grow from you. And I would ask that you just be open to um, the things that I'm saying and seeing if there's any way that it can impact your perspective as well. Before we get into what we recorded from the past, uh, I want to share with you a little bit of Rich and I's philosophy about dating and romance in the younger years, okay? This is the younger years that I'm talking about here. Okay, so one thing 
that I like to encourage my kids to do is to not get all consumed with romance in middle school and a lot of high school. Middle school and high school are great times for growing and becoming, figuring out who they are, who did God create them to be, and what is their role in the world. You see, we encourage them to put their mind on developing their interests, exploring career path ideas, increasing work ethic, having lots of serving and volunteering opportunities, increasing their knowledge, expanding their world and worldview, having great experiences in different organizations and missions, growing in their leadership skills, developing their unique talents and interests, refining their character and lifestyle habits. It's also a time for mastering the art of communication skills to effectively articulate their unique thoughts that the world needs. It's also, you know, carrying that a step further, it's a time to develop healthy relationships before romantic relationships. Healthy relationships at home, So how are your kids doing on home relationships? If they're not doing that well, they're not ready for romance relationships. How are your kids doing at friendships and peer group relationships? If they're not doing that well, they're not ready for romantic relationships. How are they doing at communicating with their bosses and their teachers, those adults around them in their life? If they're not doing well with that, they're not ready for such complex relationships as romance. Let's take that a step further. Are they at a place in life where they know how to have self-control to make decisions that are the best option no matter what they feel like doing? Before they developed self-control, self-worth, critical thinking skills, handling themselves in a crisis, withstanding pressures around them, and the pressures within them. Just because the world all around is bombarding our kids with the images of romance in every TV show and song and movie does not mean it is what their lives should be focused on yet. The world around your kids is saying that their value is in who has a romantic interest in them and whether they have caught that person's eye. Girls are learning the art of manipulating boys, and boys are learning the art of manipulating girls, and that's not skills I want my kids to learn. If I want my kids to recognize their worth, that they are highly treasured, that their hearts and bodies are worth honoring, and if I want my kids to treat others as highly treasured, both their hearts and minds and bodies, then I need to help them to slow this process down. Look objectively and see that there will be lots of time in the future for romance. First is preparation for it. If you can help them to wait longer than their peers around them, then before long, their peers, I can almost guarantee, will be coming to them, asking for advice and sharing their heartbreaking stories And your kids will be seeing real life warnings and cautions regarding how to not do romance and examples that are going well of how to do romance. By the time they're in their later high school years 
or a little bit older than that even, then some real and potential romantic relationships may be ready for them. And you guys can navigate that together. And the cool thing is that when they've waited until they're older teens, somewhere around there, to even consider these types of relationships, then they are so much wiser, level-headed, and they're able to have relationships that are much more measured, handled with care than recklessness. They have observed a lot of teen romance relationships around them that have caused a lot of heartbreak and regret that they have personally avoided. In the recording that's coming up now, we were going to discuss these eight books about dating and romance that we like to have our kids read before they turn 16. And we have lots of discussions with them. And at the beginning of this recording, though, before we get into these books, I ask Abby a question that she wasn't expecting. And while she tackles the issues so well in the discussion that follows, you can clearly hear her mood changes. Uh, which is very telling of just how difficult this issue is. I hope that this discussion will prompt some prayerful thought for you as you and your kids navigate these issues. And maybe even this would be something to let them listen to as well, um, especially the discussion that follows. And this is part one of the discussion. All right, here we go. When our kids are younger, we want to guard their hearts. I mean, we'd like to their whole lives. But as they get older, we need to be sure that we've been equipping them along the way to guard their own hearts. Now, I've got with me today Abby, and she is our 16-year-old daughter, a junior, and she has been reading some books for the last couple of years because we really like them to have this stack of books read by the time they turn 16. How many books did we have you read? <laughs> oh, probably about eight. And then there was a CD set that you wanted me to listen to. Hi, guys. I'm Abby. And today we get to talk about one of my favorite topics, books. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> At all times, Abby's either reading or singing. <laughs> <laughs> With giggles in between. Wow. That, that pretty much describes I have you. I have a box of books that I'm in the middle of reading, and there's like 10 of them. Yeah. And I actually read them, though. Yes. And it's lots of different topics. It's certainly not all the topics that we've had you read. That's oh, no. why That's why you read eight books over a couple of years. My favorite is historical fiction because I really like history and geography. Well, Christian historical fiction. Then it's all my favorite things. <laughs> Besides music. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> okay. So by the time our kids turn 16, it really is our goal that that through the years, we've done different steps that take them to a place where they understand the value. They truly get it, the value of guarding their hearts. Now, a lot of the times, well, honestly, all of the time with, with our kids, they've grown up around friends who didn't hold that value. How difficult has that been, Abby? Like, how does that affect your life that most of the kids your age around you are not really in a mindset of guarding their hearts? Now, thankfully, you've got some awesome friends that are exceptions to what I'm saying there. But in general, how does it impact you to be a teenager who's guarding their heart around people who aren't? Well, I wasn't expecting that question. 
but it's an emotional battle, it's a spiritual battle, it's a mental battle, and it's a battle, like, every time I get around some of my friends. What kind of battle, like, what's battling in you? You're saying that you're pulled this way, yeah. but you know you need to go this other way. What are some of those pulls? <laughs> um... What do you mean? <laughs> I'm thinking of right at this moment, I'm thinking of that scene in Princess Bride that I always have us fast forward through when you kids are little, when it's like the dungeon of despair. Oh, yeah. And, and the bad guy is wanting to journal how the good guy feels at the moment. And, and he says, oh. <laughs> be honest. It's for posterity. I want to say, be honest. This is for moms to get a picture of what their daughters are going to be going through and or or sons either one you know some of the battle that they face boots on the ground face in this tug of war issue of how are we going to have a perspective about our own heart and how are we going to interact with those people that we might be attracted to and 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 things like that it's like a whole mindset so when you get with your friends what do you feel like are some of the struggles that these girls or guys are going to face that are the kids of the moms that are listening? As much as I hate that it's this way, most of my friends are going to be talking about, oh, this boy is cute, this boy is cute, a lot, a lot, a lot of the time. And as much as I want to be a part of that, I know that that is not good for my heart and my emotions, like conjuring up those feelings. So we were just talking to Emma the other day about she's going into middle school, and we had a whole long conversation about... Which I might add, you brought up the conversation because you wanted to play a role in teaching Emma to guard her heart, and I really appreciated that you did that. Well, it was because she was singing a song, and it was a song that... It was just a fun song, and I was like... I was explaining to her why... That line isn't the best line to sing. Well, go ahead and tell us the song and the line. It's a song from Aladdin, the the live version of Aladdin. Okay. It's when he's singing One Jump. This woman is like, still, I think he's rather tasty. And so I was explaining to her why that is not a very nice thing to say about people because it just implies, it implies that you're just looking at the way they look and not that they're important as a person. And, and then we got into this long conversation. Because as she goes into middle school, she's going to encounter a lot of girls that talk that way. And even boys that talk that way. And So not treasuring. It's a mindset of not treasuring themselves and not treasuring the other person. Uh-huh. And seeing them as a whole person, not that one aspect. And, and that one aspect itself is not being honored. Mm-hmm. Emma, I do see your toes under the door. <laughs> do you want to come in and participate in this conversation you're welcome to if you want to shut the door though the sound works better when the door is shut now i might also say that i am a big people person i'm a people pleaser i love people so It might have been especially hard for me because I so wanted to be a part of their group. And also, there's an aspect of I always kind of felt that they look at me differently because I'm so 
Well, many times I've been called like goody two shoes and you can't say that around Abby. She has a like innocent mind and whatever as if I'm less than they are or if I can't as if I can't participate in their fun and their conversations, which has also been a big struggle for me um, to not be like, well, yeah, go ahead and say that around me. That's fine. You know. So how do you, like, what is the balance between not coming across as, uh, well, okay, I experienced this a little bit at something I was at the other night. I was with a group of people that their conversation wasn't being the most awesome at the moment. And so I want to fully retreat from that. And to some degree, I mean, we definitely have to teach our kids to, you know, retreat from those kind of conversations. But at the same time, I'm at an age where I can also be thinking about my witness. And so I want to influence them. And if they just see me only as, you know, little Miss Perfect, Mm -hmm. then they don't see me as approachable. So remaining approachable and yet not stooping to conversations that are not helpful to us is a really careful tightrope, you could say. It's one worth walking. And we need to not say, well, then never mind, I'll just participate in all the conversations. Or we'll just never mind, I don't care if I turn them off, and I don't have an influence over them anymore. You know, we do need to walk that tightrope, which really, I mean, the tightrope, I guess I'm figuring this out as I'm talking it through is this concept that God brings up of remain in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. And that moment by moment remaining in Christ is praying to him in those situations and saying, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? I want to influence these girls. I don't want to feel left out. But I want to keep doing what is best for my soul, for my future, for my heart, for for even just thriving in life. When we get caught up in the drama of boys, we tend to get distracted from better growth and better pursuits mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. that stage. So how do you deal with that battle? Well, I have not done it perfectly. Me either. <laughs> High five. We're in it together. Fist bump. We, we fist bump at this age, right? <laughs> High five is you do middle school and younger. Or do by middle school, are we done high-fiving and we fist bump in middle school too? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't know. <laughs> okay. The point is, I don't do everything perfectly. You don't do everything perfectly. Great. Perfection's not what we're after, but continuing to strive, continuing to make the effort to stay on the tightrope is what we want to do. I forgot what the question was. I've, I did too. Okay. But it made me think of something else. Something else that really helps in this tightrope walking issue that we're talking about is not to have to spend 24-7 there. I need mm, yeah. I need time in environments that I don't have to have my guard up. I need time um, mm-hmm. in God's word. I need time reflecting on how it went in the fiery furnace time. I need time uh, with people who fill me with truth, who, you know, our iron sharpens iron. I need to keep reconnecting with the truth. So I have to make sure I like seeing our life as a pie chart and making sure that the percentage that we spend in that danger zone, uh, the tightrope walking is limited. 
so that we can stay strong because I want to care about those other people. I want to influence them. I want to bless them. I want to encourage them, motivate them, inspire them. And it is good for me to serve them, to care about them, to love on them. All of that matters. But I have to watch my pie chart amount or I become discouraged or unfocused or confused. Now, I will say that my closest friend is not draining to me. And I have a small group of friends that I'd be willing to hang out with anytime. But you're like your inner circle. Yeah. Because I am a big extrovert, so I love hanging out with people. So I can still do that with my close group of friends. You've learned to identify your inner circle people that fill you rather than drain you spiritually. I mean, some people can be a lot of fun and they might fill your social love tank, (laughs) so to speak. But you know you have to have your guard up around them, Mm -hmm. possibly, you know. Mm -hmm. So, So learning to identify and understand all of the people that are in your life regularly and how much to have a guard up and not Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Next week in part two of this discussion, we're going to look at a list of things that Abby has done to help her stay focused where she wants to be focused. I would love to know what your thoughts are on this topic. So get a hold of me. You can email me at valetpracticallyspeakingmom.com or you can jump on the Intention of Mom Strong Family Facebook group and enter the discussion there. I would love to know what you think. Now let's wrap up today with an announcement about the Coffee Break Tour. Hi, Practically Speaking fam. We are so excited to announce the 2021 Coffee Break Tour with Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking mom. She will be visiting cities in the U.S. to literally have coffee with you, the intentional moms across America. Right now, she is scheduled to go to Charleston, South Carolina, Branson, Missouri, Orlando, Florida, Wichita, Kansas, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you live within driving distance of Charleston, Branson, or Orlando, and would like to be a part of this encouragement, encouraging, inspirational, and upbuilding time, or if you want her to visit your city, email her at val at practicallyspeakingmom.com. Another benefit would be that you get to meet other intentional moms in your area. Your new best friend could be closer than you think. Take a coffee break with Val, meet other intentional moms, and ask your questions for personalized advice. Val can't wait to see you at Coffee Break Tour 2021. Let's go! My intentional mom friend, your family is God's masterpiece. He designed the special and unique combination of your little tribe. It's an honor to meet with you every week to help equip and encourage you in your worthy journey of being mama to your masterpiece. If this podcast is a blessing to you, won't you please take the time to share it with moms that you know. So share this podcast with a friend and then head over to practicallyspeakingmom.com to subscribe to my weekly email containing a blog post and podcast. Join me on Instagram at Practically Speaking Mom and in the private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. See you next week.